listening to a podcast of Elam Lutheran Church in Osakis, Minnesota. Our passion is to be an oasis of life-giving water where lost and wandering souls can find eternal refreshment. For more information and to find out more about our ministries, please visit osakiselamchurch.com. Or if you're in the area, come visit us in person. Over the rest of this Lenten season, we are going to do just a whirlwind tour of the I Am Sayings of Jesus. In case you're unfamiliar, throughout the New Testament, Jesus draws a number of comparisons with himself, all beginning with the words, I am. I am the bread of life. I am the door. I am the light of the world. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life, etc. So each week we're going to pick one of these out and just zoom in on them. And personally, I find these sayings to be immensely comforting, especially in our day and age. While we continue to wonder and worry about who we are as we try to build and sculpt our own identities, who am I, we ask. But Jesus knows exactly who he is. I am, he says. Not I might be, not I'm pretty sure, not this is who I aspire to be. No, just I am. His identity is secure, and that means we as his people can rest secure in our identities as well. So tonight, Jesus is the bread of life. And this comes from John 6, verses 35 through 40. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me. I raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Hunger and thirst are funny things. They always seem to come back. We just finished eating a wonderful soup and sandwich meal together. My guess, though, is that as wonderful as the meal was, and it was amazing, let's be honest, a good percentage of us are still going to have to eat and drink again. Some of us maybe before we even go to bed tonight. However filling and however satisfying a meal, if we want to survive, we're going to have to eat again and again and again for most of us three times a day for the rest of our lives. The calories sustain us for a short time, but not forever. Our bodies break down the nutrients use them up, and then we need to replenish. Another are never satisfied. We'll continue to get hungry and thirsty until our time on earth is done. Even though, I have to say, God in his almighty providence has given us the wonderful gifts of Jimmy John's, Chipotle, and Chick-fil-A to keep us at least marginally happy in the meantime. The truth, though, is that even when Sprite claims to quench our thirst and Snickers promises to satisfy, they're lying, right? True satisfaction would mean we never get hungry again. 
God knows all about this physical hunger, and it's partly what he has in mind when he says, I am the bread of life. Our physical needs are very important to Jesus. Earlier in chapter 6, Jesus fed 5,000 people, which is a low conservative estimate because it was probably much higher when you include women and children. But he fed this massive group of people with just five loaves of bread and two fish. And he didn't just supply the bare minimum. It says that he gave them as much as they wanted. Everyone ate their fill, and at the end they gathered up 12 baskets worth of leftovers. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't have enough room in my fridge for 12 baskets worth of leftovers. The thing that I find most interesting, though, is Jesus' response to the hungry crowd. He doesn't minimize their request for food as if it's somehow or, uh, somehow of, of lesser importance. He doesn't say, look, you people just aren't getting it. It's your spiritual needs, not your physical ones, that really matter. Stop worrying about your stomachs and start worrying about your hearts. Jesus doesn't do this. He doesn't separate the physical and spiritual realms like we do today. Remember, Jesus himself has two natures. He is fully divine and fully human. Scripture makes this abundantly clear. Not only is Jesus 100% God, he is also 100% flesh and blood. Now, I get it. If you're a mathematician like me, that doesn't add up. But as a human, Jesus fully experienced everything we experience, right? He, he felt pain. He cried and he wept. He got angry. He got tired. He hungered and thirsted. He knew what it was to be in need. And not just at a head level, like he just could acknowledge that, yes, hunger exists, but at a heart level, too. Like he had experienced this himself. He understood it, which was why his healing ministry was such a big part of his work on earth. He cured blindness. He made paralytics walk. He staunched bleeding wounds. He fed the hungry and provided wine for the thirsty. He cared very deeply about people's physical needs because he created us as flesh and blood creatures who are dependent on God to supply those needs. Jesus cares deeply about providing for people's physical needs, and we as a church should as well. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He recognizes that things like hunger and thirst aren't actually the main problem. They're just symptoms of a deeper underlying condition, and that condition is sin. Our hearts are infected with it. Our world is ruled by it. In fact, all of the wrongness we see around us can be traced back to that one ugly little three-letter word, sin. When Adam and Eve ate the fruit and broke the world back in the Garden of Eden, the reverberations of that tragic day are something we still feel very keenly. So Jesus recognized that solving world hunger or healing all diseases or clothing all of the naked or housing all of the homeless, that actually wouldn't fix the real problem. Because we don't just have a hunger problem or a poverty problem. We have a sin problem. We can have all of the food and water in the world and still go to hell. So Aquafina and Wonder Bread aren't going to fix it. The issue runs much deeper. So Jesus names the cure. 
He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Bread, or or at least some kind of grain, rice, or, or something, is a staple of most of our diets in pretty much all parts of the world, just like it was in Jesus' time. It's full of carbohydrates, right? It sustains us. A person can survive on bread and water for quite a while. So when he calls himself the bread of life, Jesus is claiming that he alone sustains our lives. And apart from him, there is only death. There is no life, true life, apart from Christ. So anyone who doesn't believe in Jesus, then, isn't truly living because they haven't tasted the bread of life. Jesus, though, he goes even further than this, and he makes this astounding statement. He says, whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I mean, stop and think about this for a minute. Can you imagine eating something so rich and so good and so filling that you never have to eat again? You just, you swallow it and you're like, well, I'm never going to top that. Think I'll just be done with this whole eating thing. What Jesus is telling us here is that he is all we have ever needed or will ever need. Because if we have Jesus, we have it all. We have, in the words of the Apostle Paul, every spiritual blessing. We lack no good thing. All of the stuff we consume to try to satisfy our appetites, to try to fill that gaping hole inside of us, they will always leave us high and dry, hungering for more. But Jesus Christ satisfies our deepest spiritual longings. You see, he heals the gaping wound called sin, dying on the cross in our place, forgiving and restoring our broken relationship with the Father. He is the bread of life that came down from heaven, who gives us his body and blood at communion, who feeds us every time we hear from his word, and who promises that we will never go hungry again. As we wrap up our time together this evening, I want to close with just these three verses from the prophet Isaiah, who paints this beautiful picture. This is Isaiah 55, 1 through 3a. And without fully knowing what he is saying, Isaiah, hundreds of years before Jesus was even born, reaffirms him as the bread of life. Listen to this. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. Hey friends, Pastor Luke here. Thanks so much for tuning in. I trust that you've been blessed by our message from God's word today. Hey, we'd love to connect with you more. If you have comments or questions, you can email me directly at pastorchellog at gmail.com. That's Pastor K J 
O-L-H-A-U-G at gmail.com. As we wrap up our time together today, please receive this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you his peace. Amen.